When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So this is like the, the podcast version of like we've been dating for a short period of time and you're about to meet my family. This is like the shit I would say to you in the car so you know I'm not crazy by association. You know what I'm saying? That that that's what this portion is supposed to be um for for Chris Theory. So welcome to Chris Theory. I should probably start you with that. Very excited. If you're listening, that's really, really cool. I really appreciate that. Um, and I'm going to try not to disappoint you. But um, the the idea that I'm going for here is basically we're going to launch two episodes a week on the same day. One's going to be a little shorter. That's this one. That's just me. Um, just kind of telling you some stories, either something funny or random, but really setting up the next episode uh, where I get some guests in to talk about stuff. Um, usually that, that goes a million and one different directions. So I didn't want to lose sight of the historical context uh, that that starts the show, but it's also just kind of usually going to be just a, something goofy and funny to kind of start the day. Uh, but my hope is that you would kind of figure out what the main story is going to be when I tell you and um, kind of do your own research, talk about it at work, whatever it is. And then maybe on the way back from work or wherever you're coming from, um, you're, you're a little bit more involved in the conversation, right? You, you're, you've kind of have your own opinion. You find out who you are the most like and, and, and um, or, you know, you're hopefully yelling at your radio because I catch myself doing that with podcasts. I'm like, damn, I wish I was like in their pre-production meeting. I would have done some homework. So that's kind of what this is. You're, this is um, I'm informing you a little bit more than, than the guests that I'll be having on. Uh, so you can kind of just reverse, right? Like you can catch them off guard. Uh, it's just a fun way to do something unless it's not. Um, typically, people, at least to me, are pretty easily, like they don't have a problem telling me something sucks, right? So like... So keep that going. Now I need that. Like I used to just post a picture or something and be like, you suck. Like your face and body sucks. I don't need that. This I need. I could use positive feedback from, from this. So if this works, if it doesn't work, hit me. Let me know. If it's too much me in one day, I totally get it. Um, so I want to just tell you a couple quick funny stories. Uh, first and foremost, again, welcome to Chris 3. The idea here is just have some fun with history. It's not supposed to be preachy. It's not a lesson. It's uh, just kind of, I like the idea that I feel like um, we've gone through a lot of stuff before. You know, we might, have, we might not have been here to experience it, but we've gone through a lot of things before because it's really easy right now to look at the world and, and the news and whatever, sports, politics. There's nothing that you can avoid. Someone's mad about something, right? And it's like, wow, this, is, this is, feels like the craziest things I've ever been. This feels really wild. This feels... Um, intimidating right like oh wow this, this is a, a weird world that we live in and of course it's smaller than it's ever been with with social media and the internet and everything but um the the, the big themes of stuff we've kind of been through already you know again we might not have been there for it but there are reference points for just about anything that you can imagine like i i always like to i stole this quote um i i don't want to be wrong about who it's from but basically just there's no um original ideas everything's just kind of through a kaleidoscope and, and there are no original circumstances. Everything is just sort of through a kaleidoscope and just looks a little bit different. Um, but, but the root and the protein of kind of what um, 
what the issue is has, has probably happened before. Um, and, and if that kind of gets relayed through this podcast, that's going to be really exciting for me because, um, I, I, I'm just, one of the, I'm annoying. You know, I go to dinner and like anything that comes up, I'm always like, you know, the, that's kind of where this came from. Like, you know where that came from? Do you know where that started? And then Chris three started to be, um, kind of a joke amongst friends and family of just like, Oh, here we go. We're Chris three. Um, and, uh, I guess they got tired of listening. Um, so they kept telling me to start a podcast and I, I think it was something that was more of a deflection now that I, now that I repeated that loud, but, um, hopefully it works out. So I want to tell you about two things today. Um, and I'm going to have some friends, uh, really some family and, and, uh, I have, uh, Ashley, um, Holmes, uh, I have my cousin, obviously my brother, Al, uh, his girlfriend, Chelsea, all joining me a little bit later on to talk about, um, Aliens and the end of the world, which appears to be upon us every now and again. Um, not long ago, there was like just random spheres washing up in the ocean and uh, obviously a lot of random uh, UFOs. Like we've heard UFOs getting shot down. I have to say, pat on the back, we all took that pretty well. I think we all really just took it. In the shot. I, I think it was on a Friday that that happened and everyone was just like, we got stuff going on. You know, what was it? Oh, it was the Super Bowl. It was Super Bowl weekend. We're not trying to have aliens during Super Bowl weekend, you know. But um, let me go into something it reminded me of because it was a lot of hysteria. And you kind of look at a lot of people saying, oh, this is just to be a distraction from this or a distraction from that. And I don't like to roll my eyes at anything or anyone. I'm far from a conspiracy theorist, but I'm, I'm the first one to listen to it. <laughs> I think it's I, I love challenging, you know, conventional wisdom and, and things that seem like they make sense. I, I like to ask why. And um so I was listening to a lot of people talking about, oh, this is to take away from, I heard uh, different, you know, all the different politics stuff. I don't even want to use a reference point because everyone gets so mad. I'll wait a couple episodes before I start pissing people off with that. But um, it reminds me of the War of the Worlds broad- broadcast. And if if you don't know what that is, um, I feel like most people would. I wanted to start with something pretty easy. Uh, but uh, Orson Welles, he's obviously an iconic kind of figure in film and radio, theater, uh, directed Citizen Kane. He's, you know, just again, the, the whole film industry, the world is different without, without him existing. And, uh, the way he sort of started, uh, he, he was already had some fame going through, uh, the Mercury theater on air, which was this kind of like film broadcast, like a, you know, it's 1936, was it? 1938. I'm sorry. I probably should be more prepared, but 1938. So, you know, they're doing, they're doing their best, you know, they're not streaming. They're just, so what they got to do is they're reading stories, over the air, something funny that I found in the research, too, is that if music came on, that means the show was over and people changed the channel. So, like, people would change the channel when music came on. Total opposite now. thought that was kind of funny. Anywho. Um, so, 1938, it's about Halloween. Orson Welles does a broadcast on his Mercury Theater on air, which um, history will tell you was a super, extremely popular show. And um, he starts to talk about an alien invasion, but he does it kind of in a breaking news style where you're taught, you know, it's actually in New Jersey, which of course it's in New Jersey, right? Like, like that's where the aliens are going to choose of all of the world. They're taking New Jersey on. Like, honestly, you're a mistake guys. I don't know what to tell you because they, they would end up just moving to Florida in like six weeks because that's what everyone does here. Anyway, they stay for like as long as they could take it. And then it kind of becomes um, just a migration to Florida. So the aliens, probably are in Fort Lauderdale. They would have been in Fort Lauderdale by 1941 had they been in New Jersey in 1938. I don't know if everyone that's outside of New Jersey understands how true that is, but congratulations, you learned something already if you didn't. 
So anyway, whew, these things land in New Jersey. Um, and they're, it's kind of told in the style of breaking news. So there's, there's music on and there's like news and it's all oh, breaking. And, and somebody comes in an actor and starts talking about, uh, just how there's, uh, something that landed and, um, everyone's kind of afraid of it. And then it just starts to obliterate shit. Right. So it becomes this evil Martian kind of alien invasion. And this is from the HG Wells book war of the world. So it kind of starts by saying they're doing a reading, but maybe not everybody heard that there are other more popular radio shows that had ended a little bit before it. So they would tune in midway. I wasn't there, so I'm just trying to give you the best that I could come up with from what I found. But I guess you started off by saying we're doing a reading of H.G. Wells' War of the Worlds, uh, which was, I think, from, like, I have that written down here, 1898. So think about, like, we're talking about alien invasions right now. It's 2023, and this is 1898 as far as, like, how long it's been something we're interested in, right? So now Orson Welles starts reading the book, and he starts to change a couple things to make it feel a little bit more real and and when I say real, um, I just mean like he's just speaking in the first person. That that was pretty much the only thing that I kind of gathered that was uh, that was kind of like, okay, I, I see where he changed it. And he changed some of the places I, and um, like to make it seem more to whoever was listening, I guess. Um, besides that, I, I have a hard time really fathoming how uh, like how people believed it at all. Um, but I mean, I guess at the same time, it's like, when newsmen just spoke like this and they just gave facts and they only said things in a very, very serious voice. And then you got a guy like screaming about his farm being on fire or whatever. I guess I could see how people freaked out, but it, it got to this point where apparently switchboards were lighting up with calls. And um, I love the idea of a switchboard by the way, but switchboards were lighting up with calls and people were panicking and um, people were going, flooding to the emergency rooms. Cause they, I don't know where that happens, how people got hurt. I don't know, but that was a big thing apparently. Um, and there was, all sorts of people just shooting at the sky and fighting the air. I don't, I don't really know what the hell they were doing, but again, 1938, different times, different vibes altogether. But, um, they fast forward, um, to me doing this research and, and, um, and by real, like more real, I, I just mean like speaking in the first person, there wasn't anything, um, that I, I listened to it. It wasn't like, I, I couldn't really figure out how anybody really fell for it. Which um, and then and I guess I should kind of get to to that part of it where it, it becomes something that you know the, the next day Orson Welles has to have a, a press conference and they call him a trickster, which I'm assuming is like the fifth worst thing you can call someone in 1938, right? Like a swindler, yella, and a trickster. I feel like are in the top five. Um, anyway, the uh, he has to do basically he's like, sorry, I'm good at my job, but I don't know what else to tell you. Like he he they ask him why he told the story the way he told it because of all the panic and, um, you know, now let's fast forward however many years later to me doing this research. And, um, I'm just like, I don't know, man, I don't think anyone's going to fall for that. You know, I, I don't think people were like dumber. I just think they didn't have the stuff we have. And I, I don't know. Like, I don't think anyone's just going to, and also why is anyone in the ambulance at all? Like why, why is the hospitals getting full because of a radio broadcast? It just made no sense to me. Um, not the only person with that thought. There was a ton of different articles about, basically how that story might not have gone the way it went. And the reason that the broadcast got so famous and the reason the Mercury theater got so famous and, and I don't know how directly, but Orson Welles by association um, was because of the world, the world's broadcast and the, the articles about it. There was over 12,000 articles um, within two or three weeks talking about, you know, how dangerous it was and how stupid it was and um, how, and, and each one, each week they started to get embellished a little bit more with these firsthand accounts and, 
Um, now, with the hindsight of 100 years nearly later, uh, there, there's a lot of different evidence that points to more the opposite, that, that almost nobody listened to it, let alone panicked. And they, um, it, it was more the newspapers trying to discredit radio as a news source. And they were saying, see, you can't trust the radio because it's not news, it's not real news. And, you know, they could use these different tactics to scare you while, while the news is literally creating a tactic to scare you. Um, you know, doing that whole thing. And, and it's kind of my first example of a few things. One, the panic of what else is out there. Right. Obviously, this book was written in the 1800s. So and the story was 40 years later or whatever it might be. So the the intrigue was always there. That fear was always there. But this feels like the first time maybe that, you know, for the newspapers to still be going for three weeks. Obviously, people are reading it. People are interested in it. So, um, you know, the first example of just kind of selling what sells, at least to me, I'm sure there's plenty beforehand. But there's so many with aliens, right? Like we have so much alien intrigue still, myself included. Um, and. We talk now a lot about how you can't trust the news and you can't trust, you know, there's all the way right, and all the way left. And then there's other people in your conspiracy theories, if you think this and that and how, you you know, everyone's got such an opinion and everybody has a goal. This is 1938 we're talking about where they just blatantly were lying about people doing all kinds of crazy shit because of a radio broadcast. And they and, and they they created this this whole thing just to discredit an entire industry, which I have to say. I feel like you could share in 1938. Like, there's nothing else going on to get your news. So, like, share it there, newspapers, but whatever. So they were kind of trying to discredit them to to make people stop listening to the radio and, and read newspapers for their news more. And they were saying, you know, it's a fine thing for songs and whatever, but, you know, for news, there's really only one place. So that's where a lot of that came from. We're going to talk a lot more about the War of the Worlds um, with Al, Ashley, and Chelsea in just a few minutes. That's not true. Um, whenever in the second episode is what I meant. Uh, but I did want to talk about one more thing uh, before you go. And this is going to be a little bit more of what you could expect on the cursory side of things and the how it started sort of just like a funny pages sort of piece of um, information uh, that I found just in, across different news things that, that in the spirit of cursory reminded me of something I've heard recently. So in the spirit of, of things that can take over the world and conquer us and um, eviscerate us and, um, you know, fears, just real fears that we should have. It brings me to monkeys. Because um, I, I found a story that reminded me of something more recent. Uh, it's from 1870. It's a, a monkey name. I'm going to be doing some reading on this one. Uh, the, there's a monkey named Holch uh, who belonged to a, uh, I guess, a guy, just some guy, right? And he had a garden in his house. And... um Holt stole a baby. It, it, there was a, a neighbor that just had a, that was walking down the street, and the monkey was like taking a garden a break from garden work. Nowhere in the article does it mention how insanely fucking weird it is to have a monkey as your gardening person. Like it's not even. I don't know. I've been trying to find. Believe it or not, it's hard to find <laughs> um, something about like where monkeys ever just totally of normal use in like housework. But I guess in eighteen seventy. I guess that's why laws get created, right? Is people just try shit and then things don't work and like, okay, we can't do that anymore. So um, he stole his, he stole a baby and he went like rooftop to rooftop and they, the mother like just went to bed. She's like, oh man, that monkey took my baby and went to bed. And then the next day, like someone called or whatever they did in 1870. So maybe like a month later, they sent like a, a guy with a piece of paper that, <laughs> that said uh, that the baby was in like a farm nearby. 
Um, it said the next day or the next two days, but now that I'm thinking about it, I don't really know how that would have worked out. But um, again, so that's not crazy important, but Chris Theory, we're always going to have a historical tie-in. So that brings me to um, the monkey and dog beef in um, in India, monkeys and dogs. So in, in Indian, forgive me if I don't get the, the names perfect, but there's Langur monkeys. If you want to look up what they look like, you could also Google monkey dog India and this pops right up. But um, there was monkeys in West Bengal, India, which is in uh, Lavul, which is a village down there where basically a dog, I don't know, stray or not, whatever, ate a baby monkey. Okay. That's that much we know. The dog eats a baby monkey, and these two monkeys, like, lose their shit. I'm assuming it's the parents of the monkey or the, like, brothers. I don't know. But they get really upset, and they start basically a, what I would consider to be a, um, I mean, a, t- a turf war with dogs and, and eventually people. So these two monkeys are accused, literally accused, like there's, like, courts involved, of um, capturing and killing over 250 dogs. They would go and take a dog, any dog, and drag it to, like, the highest place they could find and just throw it off. So it was just, like, raining dogs in India for a minute or in this part, in this one in this one area, I suppose. Um, I'll just keep saying Lavul. If I'm saying that wrong, I'm sorry. But in Lavul, like, they're just dogs raining, like, raining cats and dogs, no cats, just dogs, actual dogs. That's what's going on there. And it's sometimes they would just leave an animal, like, they would leave a dog on top of a roof just to like let it starve. Like that's the type of hate and anger these these monkeys had. So um then studies later showed that monkeys can can um can seek revenge. I don't know how you study that personally, but um so now over the course of two or three months, I'm reading this now, where Langurs roaming the area where they would catch puppies and bring them to a place, and at least 250 dogs have been killed that way. Sorry, I just said that. So now the monkeys go on and they start to um, go after domestic dogs. So people start to go in and like, they start to kill the monkeys. They're looking for the monkeys a la beauty and the beast to, to take it and I guess get double revenge on the monkeys. So now um, what ends up happening was the monkeys get pissed at the humans and they start harassing children. So they start going and finding the people I don't know how closely related the people were to the kids or I, I, I like to think that it was the same people. So we're going to do that. Um, but these people started to realize the monkeys were like following them when they were bringing their kids to school or they'd be in their house. So they got the police involved and the monkeys got apprehended like by the police or something or the parks department, it looks like. And, um, they had no way of proving that it was them or they had no way of proving that they've killed anything. It was really just people knowing that monkeys were doing it, but there was no way of knowing which monkey did it. So they just kind of, um, I don't know where this ended is the thing. So this was like an ongoing story the last I heard it. And I've, I was doing research for this podcast, obviously, um, to find out where it left off and I've never heard anything. So I'd like to, it seems like the monkeys won the war. I feel like if there was monkeys, like if they beat the people, we probably would have heard about it. But um, that's that's that whole story. I'm not going into that with Ashley and them. That's just something I'm leaving with you with at work so you could blow someone's mind for later on. Uh, but stick with me later on. I got Al. I got Ashley. I got Chelsea. It's our first Chris theory. It's going to be a lot of fun. Um, thanks, guys.
Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.